First, I just want to say thank you for being here. Really appreciate that. And I also want to say that I'm really excited. It's a real joy to get to be in front of everybody here and to get to share the Word of God and some things God's done in my own life because my life would be miserable without God. And He really has made a huge impact. And I know so many folks here have had the same experience. So we've been going through a series talking about these things called enemy lies. And they actually make a huge impact in life. I taught these to our boys uh, for many years. We did this series probably three times, I think, we went through this with the boys. And every time I taught it, and I think the other teachers in the room can attest, it hit us as hard as it hit the boys. And we would meet up in the morning and we'd say, hey, you know what? I was going to teach this this week and I really struggled with that. So what I want to do is go through and review some of those ones just so you can remember. So we'll go ahead and start going through those uh, ones. So one of them is, man, it's too hard. I'd get up, but it's way too hard. So I, they're not on the screen just yet. We'll get there. Oh, there it is. Okay, good. So <laughs> that's too much for me today. It's not going to happen. And the focus is on the two, and we talked about how to battle that. And the next one is, man, that is so unfair. Why is everybody else getting it and I'm not? And that's a tough one to battle through too. Next one. That is not what I want. Okay. It's not, I'm not happy about that at all. And finally the next one. Man, I'm just too tired. Today is not the day for that. And it's interesting because these are cats. The internet started with cats. I don't know if you, some of you know that, but the biggest, these are called memes and they started with cats. And it's very fascinating that they started with cats. And this is what I think about cats. We are so wired to connect that we are willing to let cats run our lives. And I have two cats. I love cats. Don't get me wrong. But they're not always the greatest pets. When they want you to pet them, you're important. When they don't want you to mess with them, you're nothing to them. So it's, it's an interesting thing that that's so important. Now, not only... Do we see that sort of in the internet world of cats? And that's kind of funny. But the business world and the research is starting to pull this out. Now, we know from the scripture, which actually is reality. The scripture clarifies what reality is because God created it. So we don't need research studies to tell us this. But it's interesting that the rest of the world is figuring this out. Who doesn't know God and believe that the Bible really is reality? So here's one from Harvard Health Publishing which says, can relationships boost longevity and well-being? As a matter of fact, as we'll see in the next slide, this is what they found out. And the study is a long study. It's been going on since 1938. It has 700 male teenagers. They started a long time ago. Now, I wasn't alive in 1938, but some of these guys still are alive today. There's 60 participants who are part of the original study. And here's what the person who's helped run the study says. Good close relationships appear to buffer us from the problems of getting old that those connections actually have an impact on growing old really well and that's from Robert from Dr. Robert Waldinger so what happens when they're not there they help us but what happens when they're not there so we're going to look at the next study well here's the big point here is that there is protection in connection this seems to be the case, and we're going to see this over and over again today, especially as we dig in to the Bible. So we'll go to the next study here, which talks about millennials. 
And this is the group of people that are they're in their 20s right now. And there is a loneliness epidemic they're talking about. And it's not just like psychological. That would be what I would think. Well, yeah, of course it affects you psychologically. You're kind of unhappy. As we look at the next one, in the recent survey that they did, a Cigna survey, half of all Americans felt alone. Okay, so they feel alone or left out. Everyone feels that way. What's the big deal? And the next slide will take a look at the big deal. Here's the big deal. In 2015, research at UCLA discovered that social isolation triggers cellular changes that result in chronic inflammation. This is not a food you're eating. This is not not getting exercise. This is relationships. Predisposing the lonely to serious physical health conditions like heart disease, stroke, metatastic cancer, and Alzheimer's disease. This is a big deal. Now, this is a picture that I picked to represent how I grew up. My family growing up was like a duct tape car. And what I mean by that is my mom, she grew up rough. And I mean rough. If there was a type of abuse that could happen, it happened to her. And her family, she's the only one that hasn't really experienced jail or abuse or the cops being called on a regular basis. It was rough. So that was where she was coming from. So we just had some broken stuff there. My dad was also abused growing up, and he had some rough stuff too. And so that's how they came together with that. And so my childhood was full of a lot of, um, a lot of trouble and suffering. Now, not nearly as bad as my mom's, but pretty rough. And so I went to Cal Baptist University from there to there, and I also grew up very poor. And I was around all these people who didn't have a duct tape car they grew up in, but they had Mercedes Benz and they had Cadillacs. They had really nice families. They were all well put together. And I felt really out of place. And I felt really left out. Matter of fact, I felt like I was the only one who had this upbringing. My roommate had a beautiful house and a pool and all kinds of amazing things. He had a BMW and that he had purchased for himself because he had been this wonderful, disciplined lifestyle, got a great school and great parents. His dad was the pastor of a very large church in L.A. And I was like, man, boy, I really missed out. Um, and then my wife and I, we got married and, and all of our friends were, 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 were married, but they've had two incomes. And a lot of my friends got teaching jobs straight out of college. So I know people don't think teachers make a lot of money, but to me, they were making bank. They were doing good. They were both teachers and they were buying things, living in nice apartments. And it was going great for them. But my wife and I, we got blessed. We got pregnant. Okay. And this is this is not something that we had thought we were going to do just yet. But God knew that we needed it. So God gave me my son. We got pregnant. It was fantastic. And you know what? We learned to live with very little. And I didn't get a teaching job right out of college, out of my program. I ended up getting a teaching job, not at a public school, but at a private school, which, if you don't know, pays a lot less. So we couldn't afford much. So we found an apartment complex in Dawes Street in Riverside near Tyler Mall, if you know where that is, that we could afford. And we went there on Saturday morning. And I want to tell you something. If you want to check out an apartment complex, check it out on Friday night. Okay? Because... All the people who are really fun on Friday night, they're sleeping Saturday morning. So we went there Saturday morning and thought, what a steal. I don't know why this place is so cheap, but man, is it cheap. 
fantastic. So we got super stoked. Guess what? About six days later on Friday night, we found out why it was so cheap. The police helicopters were over our head probably once or twice a week. We actually, after our identity got stolen, found out that there was a cop just assigned to our complex for narcotics. So we were in a really rough spot. It was, it was rough. And then the story takes a little bit of a darker turn here. I was working at the Christian school and I got a phone call. We had been pregnant and we were about five weeks along and I was already feeling pretty rough. Like I would see everybody else going on trips and taking vacations and enjoying dual incomes. And we weren't and we were barely getting by. God blessed us with a truck. He did do that, but we just didn't have any money. The Dollar Tree, we window shopped at the Dollar Tree store. But um, at, at this point. I'm at work and I get a call from my wife in the middle of the day, which is not normal. And she gets on the phone and she says, I think I lost the baby. And I was like, I remember just thinking, really? Really? God, this is everything else on top of that. And this is where, why? And I just had that moment of just temptation thinking, why me? Why are we the only ones having to deal with this? Why us? Why not? God, what's going on? And part of me at that moment just wanted to hurt and I wanted to run away. I wanted to let go of the things I had and just run. Because, man, if this is how it's going to be, this is just too much hurt. And this is sort of normal, I find out later. It happens to people and hurt comes our way. But there's other ways that are less serious where we get this enemy lie. I'm the only one. We're going to look at a couple of those now. So one of the ways we see that is specifically, I think moms probably feel this way with cleaning, right? You know, you're, you're cleaning the house and then you're like, hey, anybody else? Brooms, we have stuff, we're ready to go, anybody? And everybody's like, no, we're busy, mom, and it can feel like, yeah, I'm not cleaning anymore. You know what? You all can live in a pigsty. I'm getting a hotel for the next month, and hopefully you figure that out when I get back. So, or, for instance, if you're a young person, and, and, and you're at school, you know, you're going to school, and, oh my gosh, hey, just left out, everyone's on their cell phone. Where's my smartphone, mom? And it could start making you upset. Everybody else has got a smartphone. Everybody else is, is online. Why don't I have a smartphone? And some of these youngsters are getting phones in second and first grade. I see it. So that's got to be rough for kids. They get mad at their parents. I'm the only one without a cell phone. Get really embittered. Get angry. And then if you've ever gone camping. <laughs> you got your tent? And the boop, everything's set up. And you're like. <sighs> and maybe, maybe you're not me. Maybe you've, you've, you've worked some hard years of your life. Maybe you're 60, 65, and, and you don't have that class A super amazing motorhome yet. And you're thinking to yourself like, why don't I have that? Why am I the only one? Why am I not retired yet? My friends are traveling to Europe. And, and and I'm still struggling to get all my bills straight. Maybe if I take out some loans and I mortgage the house, I can get there. So we look at taking some shortcuts to get there, right? Doing some things that may not be a, a wise thing. And then there's social media. 
right? We get on Facebook. You see the picture? This one hurts a little, right? It's got a sting to it. Hey, there's Jim, Sandy. There's, that's all of my friend group. They're at the beach right now. Oh, I had today off. No one mentioned that. I'll check my text real quick. Maybe I missed it. Maybe an email. Nope, nothing. Oh, man, that hurts. That stings. And they can get embittered. And then you can get Eeyore syndrome. Well, I remember Eeyore from Winnie the Pooh. If you don't remember Eeyore, he was always down and upset. He's always the one left out of everything. And he has a small house. And his house breaks all the time. And everything that could go wrong happens to Eeyore. He's the only one. He's always left out. And his attitude? Well, that just happens. This is my life. I'm going to go be by myself. And he isolates himself. It gets a little darker. And this is probably one of my worst things. I think we've all experienced it. This is rough. Go ahead and play the clip. Every lane I try stops. Why is it my lane? All the other lanes are going. But if I get into that lane, it's going to stop right away too. Hope you're not behind me because that's going to be the worst experience of your life. So you build these out together. You put them all together in a package. And if you start giving into this lie, you start thinking some rough thoughts. And here's one of those rough thoughts. Nobody understands me. Boy, I just suffer and suffer and suffer, and I'm the only one, and nobody gets me. And then it takes a step deeper. I'm all alone. Nobody cares about me. If I disappeared, nobody would notice. So this is a really dangerous enemy lie. This is a really deep enemy lie. And if we stopped here, this would be probably one of the most depressing messages that has ever been set up on the stage. But we know that we're here for a reason. We're here because God did not leave us alone. God wrote us a beautiful letter. And that letter is called the Bible. And in that letter, he gave us everything we need to connect with him, to connect with others. And to find the truth and fight these enemy lies. So today, we're going to take a little trip back 3,000 years ago. And to a place called Israel. And this is a story out of the Bible. And this is Israel. Israel is, if you go to New York, and you jump across the Atlantic Ocean, and go just south of Europe, we have Israel right here. And Israel is a really small country right here. In Israel, 3,000 years ago, there was a group of people called the Israelites. And they were led by a king, Saul. Saul was their leader. Now, Saul was picked because the Israelites felt like they had gotten left out. They were the only ones without a king. They needed a king. So they asked God for a king, and God gave them a king. Um, The next, Saul had a son. 
His son was Jonathan. And Jonathan was what we call the prince. He's the prince. So we have Saul, we have Jonathan. And then we have the quote-unquote bad guys. These are the guys they're fighting against. You may remember one of them. He's real famous. His name is Goliath. He's a Philistine. So they were fighting against the Philistines, and they had really caused some problems. And this is a guy named David. That's a different story. We won't be covering him today, but we will be going into Jonathan. But we have the Philistines. We have Saul. And now let's get right into the story. So hope you guys are ready. Oh, forgot about this one. This is where it took place. This is a place called Micmash, where you have a picture of what's happening here. Here's the way this worked. Up on one side is Philistines. On the other side is Jonathan. In between them, a lot of space that's hard to get through. So this is like a road to give you a perspective. So that's big. That's the hill. We'll talk about the hill later on. All right, let's keep going. So the Philistines had gathered to fight Israel with 3,000 chariots, 6,000 men to ride in them. Their soldiers were as many as the grains of the seashore. So this is what you see. You're Jonathan. You're the Israelites. You look across. You see chariots. Now, chariots at that time, they were the big, armored, quick vehicle. They were the tanks of the time. Now, the Israelites at this time, they didn't have swords. Okay, they had shovels. And maybe, you know, I don't think they had pickaxes back then, but you can imagine that, that the allegories. They had farming tools. That's what they had. And the reason is, somehow, the Philistines had made sure that they couldn't get their hands on either iron or the ability to work with iron. They kicked out the blacksmith, something like that. So here's really feeling I'm the only one. I'm the only one without a gun going to a gunfight. So you can imagine how they felt. The Philistines went and camped at Michmash, that's that place there, which is east of Beth-Avon. When the Israelites saw that they were in trouble, they went to hide in caves. And that makes sense to us. You've got a shovel, he's got a tank. Um, and bushes, and among the rocks, and in the pits, and in the wells. If there was a hiding place, they were hiding in it. That's how this was working. So they're running. Some Hebrews even went across the Jordan River to the land of Gad and Gilead. Get as far away as possible. Okay, a river is a good place to be. So at this point, they're scared. And this is what they perceive. So next, next slide. This is what it looks like to them. Okay? Israelites, Philistine chariots, it is not looking good for them. And sometimes that's how we feel with our problems. I'm the only one. I've got this gigantic problem. What am I going to do? Um, and the Israelites couldn't see the protection of God. This is very important because there is protection in connection, but they couldn't see the protection of God. But in chapter 14, we will see someone who does see the protection of God. So we'll keep reading with the story. And his name is Jonathan. Jonathan said to his officer who carried his armor, Armor bearer, come on. Let's go to the camp of those men who are not circumcised. Maybe the Lord will help us. Because the Lord can give us a victory with a few men as well as with many. So let me read it. The Lord can give us a victory with a few men as well as with many. 
And I read that a different version. I have memorized. Lord can give us a victory if we have many people or just a few. First Samuel 14:6. The officer who carried Jonathan's armor said to him, "Do whatever you think is best. Go ahead. I'm with you." So here's what Jonathan saw. Go to the next. Oh, so he said. So he said, "Then come. We will cross over to the Philistines and let them see us." If they say to us, stay there until we come to you, we will stay where we are. We won't go up to them. So he's waiting on God. He's going to wait on God. But if they say, come up to us, if God gives us a signal, they say, come up to us, and the Lord will let us defeat them, this will be a sign for us. So Jonathan has a very different outtake. This is what Jonathan sees. And the B-52 stealth bomber representing God's power. Jonathan is not scared because he knows that there is protection and connection. Jonathan knows he's the connection that Jonathan had with God allowed him to see the protection of God. Deuteronomy 31.6 says, Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or terrified because of them. For the Lord your God goes with you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. This is incredibly real. Now, Amy and I were definitely struggling at this point. We had had a hard time. And we definitely felt alone. But we connected with God. We prayed. And as we prayed and connected with God, and we were in our quiet times, remember Amy told me, we had a verse that really carried us through, which is the Lord gives and the Lord takes away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. And that helped us move forward. And when Jonathan believed that, and because he did, and because he acted on that, he moved forward. He didn't let that stall him out. He moved forward. This is what actually happened. Now is the exciting part. We get to read what God did. Because it's really exciting to read what God did. I'm excited about this. So here we have 1 Samuel. Um, and all the Philistine soldiers panicked. Those in the camp and those in the raiding party, the ground itself shook. You guys know what that feels like. Um, God had caused the panic. So sometimes you're facing a trial and you're the only one. And it's hard to move forward because you feel like you're alone, but God is with you. He is with you. And just like he was with Jonathan here, the ground shook. Jonathan gets up there. He's ready to fight. He's running up. And boom, he gets up there and the ground's shaking. And already they're killing each other. Remember the swords the Israelites weren't allowed to make? They weren't allowed to make those? Those same swords God allowed the Philistines to make. And those same swords are what killed the Philistines. They killed each other with those swords. So God is amazing. So we'll go to the, we'll keep going with the story. First Samuel uh, 40, 14, 20. Uh, then Saul gathered his army, entered the battle, and they found the Philistines confused, striking each other with swords. Earlier, there were Hebrews who had served the Philistines and had stayed in their camp. But they joined up and the, with the Israelites, Saul and Jonathan. When all the Israelites hidden in the mountains of Ephraim heard the Philistine soldiers were running away, they, they also joined the battle and chased the Philistines. So the Lord saved the Israelites that day, and the battle moved on past Beth-Avon. 
That's awesome. Everybody was inspired. So when I see God's protection, and I don't give in to the enemy lie of I'm all alone, and I move forward, that inspires other people to move forward. We, uh, we were trying to figure out what to do. I'm sitting there in my classroom. I've just heard the phone call from my wife who's sobbing and she's in tears. And I'm hurting along with her. And I'm hurting really bad because we've just lost a child. What do I do? And I prayed. I didn't know what to do. I was in a group. I was in something called a community group. And I had a community group leader. And I called my community group leader. And I texted him. I don't remember exactly how I got in contact. But I did. And we prayed. And that, that week, we went to community group. And it was just the perfect people. And I found out that they had had a miscarriage too. And another group in our, another people in our group had had a miscarriage as well. So instead of feeling alone and isolated, we felt so connected. And it built so much trust and connection. And it was amazing to feel like I belonged somewhere. And that even in the deepest suffering that I was in, if I was connected to God, and connected to other people in that community group, I'd be okay. There was protection there. And here's the reality. God is a bigger factor in our lives than money, family, jobs, social status, or social media popularity. If God wanted you to have $5 million, he could make that happen tomorrow. He could make it happen right now. The reason I don't have $5 million is because God knows what's best for me better than I do. And God is at work. And here's the big fact for today. The big, big, big takeaway is there is protection in connection. So how do you win the battle? How do you have this dream of belonging? Number one, you can remind yourself that you are never alone. God is with you. I'll tell it quick. We got a dog from the pound Wednesday. The dog didn't use the restroom for 36 hours. Our family's already fallen in love with this dog. And it was very serious that she could die. The, the veteran veterinarian basically said, take your dog home. There's nothing I can do. And we prayed because we know we're not alone. Now, God may not have answered that prayer, and that would have been his will. The Lord given, the Lord taketh away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. But after two minutes of praying over her, when we got home, she went and used the restroom. You are not alone. If God cares about a dog, how much more does he care about you? And so remind yourself you're not alone with this verse. Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or terrified because of them. Whatever hill you're facing, whatever battle you have to climb that you feel is all on you, you are not alone. God is with you. Do not be terrified. Why don't you have to be terrified? Because the Lord goes with you. He will never leave you and he will never forsake you ever. 
you can remind yourself that you're not alone in your suffering. Other people have suffered the way you've suffered. We weren't the only ones to have miscarriage. You know what we found out since then? Lots of people have had miscarriages. And since then, we've been able to help other people who've had miscarriages. And they've had them after us. Because we went through that. So 1 Peter 5, 6 says, Humble yourselves, therefore, under God's mighty hand, that he may lift you up in due time. Wait on God like Jonathan did. Cast all your anxiety on him. Tell him if your dog is sick, pray. Seek him out. Standing firm in the faith, believing that God can move because you know that the family of believers throughout the world is undergoing the same kind of suffering. You are not alone. Number three, connecting with God on a daily basis through prayer and Bible study. Connect with him. Connect with him every day. John fifteen five says, I am the vine. You are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. But apart from me, you can do nothing. If we remain connected to God, there is a source of power that moves through us. That we can fight the enemy thoughts. Number four. You're not in this without people. You have people. Everybody here has people and they're here. These are the people. I cannot imagine the last 15 years without being here at Church in the Valley. I look across this room and I could not throw a rock without hitting someone who has been a huge part of our lives and helped us out. And I say that from a sincere heart. Hebrews 3.13 says, Encourage one another today as long as it is called today so that none of you may be hardened by sin's deceitfulness because sin is deceitful and it can pull you off into a deep dark place real quick if you're not connected but when we're connected we're protected because other people will tell us something's wrong something's not going right here what do you mean you have that conversation and they're there for you so what are our next steps where do we move from here you can memorize deuteronomy 31 6 be strong and courageous do not be afraid or terrified because of them For the Lord your God goes with you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. And every time you hear that enemy lie, oh, you're the only one. You're the only one that's done this. It's only happening to you. Why me? God is with me. I don't need to be terrified. I can move forward. Your other next step, connect with others today. So after church, many of us eat. And so it's an opportunity to invite someone to lunch. Here's an easy next step, and it involves food. I like next steps that involve food. So, or signing up for a community group. Remember that community group I was telling you about that made a huge impact on our lives? And by the way, I cannot say enough about community groups. I have been so blessed by community groups over and over again. And there has never been an hour of community group that I regretted going to. I might not have been excited at first. I think there's other things I could do. But at the end of that community group, man, I needed that. It opened my eyes to some things. It helped me be connected. And I saw God clear and I saw people clear. Those are coming. And they're exciting and they're great. And join up for that. There's also meetups. By the way, next step right here. Connection card. This is the most amazing thing. This is great. There's protection and connection. You have it right in front of you. It's a physical object. Fill it out. Get connected. If you haven't, made God boss for your life for the first time. 
If you're not connected to God, that is the single most important connection you can have. I connected with God when I was 11 years old. And I had just come out of a very, very terrible situation. My biological father. And it was crazy. And there was screaming and there was yelling and cops were called. And it was a horrible experience. And I felt so alone. And the first time that I asked Christ to be the boss of my life was the first time that I stopped feeling alone. If you haven't asked Christ to be boss of your life, I encourage you on this connection card right here. If you're interested in becoming a follower of Jesus Christ, please check that as your next step. Because we want to talk to you. Because when we're connected to God, we're not alone. And when we're connected to each other, we build a community of love and trust, which is really what we want. A real family. And you always have someone to go to. And imagine feeling that level of love and trust and connection. And imagine being part of a community that pulls together whenever there's need. And that's what we do here at CIV. And why is that so important? It's important because there's protection in connection. Let's pray. God, we just thank you for this opportunity to come together. We thank you that your son, Jesus Christ, paid the ultimate price so that we could be connected to you. We thank you for the leadership here at CIV. And we thank you for the people who've spoken about the enemy lies previously for Matt and Thad. And we just thank you, God, that you've built this place for us to be, belong, and to be a part of something bigger than ourselves. And to know that we have a family and that we are protected in our connection. It's in Christ's name we pray. Amen.